everyone. Hello, lads and simps. Welcome to episode nine of Don't Mess with the Metro. Joined here today by the usual gang. Uh, Daniel, uh, how's this past week treated you? Boys, we are almost there. Nine more days after today. It's 21st, get to the 29th. At this point, I'm really thinking, why not just go to the 30th and 31st and then June 1st, first beer? Mm. Even though it's a Monday. But then yeah. it's also and on a Saturday right now, the 29th. So I'm, I'm, I'm in that debate. You know, this is still a different debate to have because I'm pretty sure Eric also thought that I was going to make it 45 days. I'm past 45 days. Andy thought I was making it 30. I'm past that. Look at him. He already broke his promise that he said he was five days sober last week. Yeah, I said I was five days. So I got that five days and... <laughs> Andy, you said yours was a week, though. Okay, well, when the opportunity to drink on your college campus, especially on the uh, off chance that you cha-cha slide your way onto a football field is presented to you, you're not going to pass it up. But that's for later. That is true. Mm-hmm. But you're in the back bathtub, but... One more days. I'm so... Oh, man, I'm so proud of you. But you can't forget, what was... Was it originally two months, you said? It was 60 days, just flat out 60. 60 days, starting April 1st? Uh, no, it was uh, March 31st was the first day. So March 30th was, yeah, the 30th was the last day I had a drink. Okay, so March, yeah, May 30th should. Yeah, so finish the 20, the 29th is the last day that I have. Yeah, May 30th here, you should be good to go. Yep. Bro, that's a bro, that's a Saturday. Like, <laughs> I, I did promise sixty. If I have it on day sixty-one, I'm not breaking the promise. Can't and, argue with that. Yeah. Andy, how's this past week for been for you? Minus the uh, opportunity to uh, spend some uh, alone time on the uh, turf. Well, it wasn't really alone time. It was more just a week of work and work. Um, thankfully, we're starting to get the pool open, so. We should be able to have it ready to go if weather permits. I mean, if it just starts to, like, snow or hail in the next couple of days, knowing how 2020 has been, I would not put it past it for, like, a torrential downpour to just be bestowed upon us. So at this point, I just want one nice day to be able to jump in the pool and to relax and not have to worry about life. Well, this uh, past Saturday, I had a uh, nice opportunity to sit in front of a fire and the listen to some music. It felt like a million years since I had the opportunity to do something nice and relaxing like that, but that's what happens when you have more time on your hands. And with this much time on my hands, I've now been influenced by a little bit myself and both my parents to uh, review some of my accounting materials. After all, it's not like I'm doing anything else with my time. That is that. <laughs> well, Yesterday in the hockey news, uh, Akim Alou dropped a article on the Players' Tribune uh, describing his rather rough upbringing as a uh, black hockey player in Canada. And as you may know, several months ago, he, he was the uh, part of the center of being a victim from uh, Bill Peters' uh, racial abuse towards him and many other uh, many other athletes during his time. And his article was very well written caught you in many emo- different emotions and the way he and the way he presented himself too just as a person in general was very superb and something that I would definitely show this as a him as a fabulous example to many kids regardless whether if you're white black or any whatever your skin color may be 
for me personally, the way he started off with his little hazing incident you had described just really caught you right off the back and sort of told yourself, it's like, man, some of us, some of us in hockey do have this bro code, but about how often does this bro code seem to be getting abused? He really puts it into a fabulous perspective on basically what a lot of the uh, culture and upbringing is like. Yeah, this is definitely a, definitely a great read because of the fact that you got to see something. I mean, it was just so raw how he explained it from his perspective. And it's, it was incredible, the fact that he went in into depth of like everything they had to go through. And he basically gave a, a story, like the side of a story that we otherwise probably would not have heard of. I mean, everyone, that, like I had friends that, play, that I played hockey with and... I had friends I went to college with that were like one of my best friends in college um, is was uh, um, is black and he was a hockey like he played hockey even in college for a little bit. He said that like he had to go through a lot of hazing and stuff in addition to it, and I like didn't realize the magnitude of that until I like read this and I realized oh my gosh like I mean it's something that it it sucks that you know race is still a part of society nowadays where. I mean, look how global we've become as a society and like how we've made great strides, but there's still a lot, of, a lot of work to be done. And this is very much important to show that even just, I mean, hazing in general, like I've never understood it. I don't care if I get like called out on it because of the fact that like people, I mean, I, I played sports all my life and I've watched sports all my life. I just don't understand the idea of hazing. I don't understand it. Like, what do you get out of it? you're not it's not how's it bringing you together when you're abusing each other that's not that's not right you'd think that like they're bringing people together would be just like finding common ground or something like i don't know it just it's so messed up and something that i've always like i've always wondered i don't know will there ever be a time we can get away from this culture of hazing and can we just like get on with our lives like evolve he really hit the nail on the head very well there. And at one point I forgot to mention is how it's like first which role they do is they say is just like throwing someone's gear all over the roof or like stripping yourself or doing all sorts of like crazy things. It's like, all right, hold up, hold up. That's the first thing you do. You can't give yourself like a proper gentlemanly introduction, get to know some of your teammates a little bit better first before you start doing activities particularly and like especially without really especially without consenting if certain player like wants to do said activity or whatnot it's like it's like are you really you're not exactly being very welcoming whatsoever and it's just terrible stuff i don't really have any words that i could put this into because now we're actually seeing a first-hand account of what it's like for somebody of color in the locker room and everybody could say oh yeah well i had this guy in the locker room i played with this guy this never happened just because it didn't happen on your team doesn't mean that it doesn't happen and most of these people that are probably saying it probably stops playing at what phantom if that phantom peewee so i mean and even then it's parents are even used throwing those phrases around like Alou said in the article, for every loud one, there's a thousand silent ones or something along those lines, or yeah. a hundred silent or a thousand silent ones. Either way, yes. it's almost unbelievable that this kind of thing happened. 
And again, it's hard for me to put it into words because nobody really deserves to be treated like that at all. Regardless of what level you're at, regardless of what industry you're in, and especially when the NHL is trying to say that hockey's for everyone. And we touched upon it with the Keandre Miller situation. It's just cowardice. I, I don't know what else to say for it. I literally have, have no words. He also puts into great perspective how when his family had moved to Canada over from the Soviet Union, that, that when they picked up a pair of skates and a wooden stick, him living in Canada, he, he felt like he was finally doing something of which he was a part of, that he could fit into something together. And then these people just look at him based on simply skin color and try just aren't very welcoming at all and it's fairly super demeaning and just terrible that you you think you have the community of which you're a part and people are based just simply rejecting you based off of what you look like i don't know how i don't know how much else to describe it through it sucks because i mean like uh, the only thing i can really say from like my experience is whenever i'd be like in school and if i was like most people that I went to school with weren't like Italian, Irish, Cuban the way that I am. Like they're all just Pennsylvania Dutch. So it was. I felt like I was basically alone whenever they like crack wise about that and make jokes about it and like sometimes below me and stuff. And I it would feel alone, but like especially when he felt like he finally had something that he was finding joy in. But when the one thing that you have joy in you also have so much pain in and you have to put up with so much and it's not just like pain from the game itself but so much unnecessary pain from other people. and like i said it's very easy to sometimes forget that or maybe not that it should be easy to forget but sometimes you have to stop and realize hey you can still have fun without doing sort of like kind of reckless dash like oh so cool kind of quote unquote what they're viewed as quote unquote cool things to do you can still have fun with each other as a team without necessarily doing the to quote unquote that what people will call badass things even though what akim was describing was far from that it's just straight up rude hazing and obnoxious we really have to start each one of us have to, to start thinking of ourselves on how can we sort of agree on doing more fun activities of which everyone can be very involved in so shout out to Akim for sharing that article very great very great-minded man well a lot to step up and be able to really say something like this especially to name people and a lot of people could say if I'm getting bullied by somebody and be able to name your accuser if I were to come forward and name my accuser essentially it would be a lot more difficult than people would probably think, especially when it's coming from a place where it's it seems like it's a culture. And what happens in the locker room stays in the locker room, and that's been a thing for me. At least usually what happens, what's said in the locker room stays in the locker room. But this is going a little bit too far. It's one thing to say, like, it, it, again, it's not like a Leipzig situation either. Like, those things are going out of line. I really, again, I have zero, I have no words for how he probably felt. I can't put myself into those shoes, and all I can do is really empathize with him. Yeah, because this guy, I give him much respect for actually, like, name-dropping his accuser, the one that he's saying, like, the one who's doing all this to him, his tormentor, basically, because of the fact that 
especially nowadays, like you get blasted so much and we've seen it in pretty much every aspect. If you ever like accuse someone of something, you have to have like all the facts. And he, I mean, it's, he does draw like a very good case because of the fact that it's been documented that his accuser was like a, or a, his tormentor and everything um, was the one who was suspended for assaulting him before on the ice. And I mean, he's had all sorts of trouble. Like the I think his last season in the league, he got traded because he got into a fight with his team captain. Like the guy's a bum. I don't care what anyone says. Downey sucks. Say same. Steve Downey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember when he intentionally tried to injure Crosby in 2010. <laughs> Also, that time, Ovi almost fought him before uh, Matt Bradley stepped in. Yep. <laughs> Shout out to Kim for dropping that once again. And well, on to our next topic. Uh, one of us in here had made a uh, little, had a little expansion uh, mock draft in his NHL 20 game. And we will now be discussing about, if we were to be in his position, on who we would take onto our team if we were to put ourselves in his shoes. So let me preface this real quick, that this is, one, probably going to turn into a roast Dan situation, and two, the rosters are retroactive to 2019. So I kind of wanted to make a team. It's quarantine. I'm a little bit bored. I want to play as the new 32nd team, made the Hartford Whalers, made the Danbury Titans as my AHL team. Why? Because I felt like staying local. Sue me. So I took a list of all the guys. I took note of pretty much all notable people who were available. And we're going to play a little game of who I took versus who I probably should have taken. And we're all going to construct a team on our own and basically retroactively say, all right, heading into 2019 season, I would have picked this person. But based on what we saw this year, this person makes the most sense. So it's kind of, we're playing 2020, but also uh, trying to stay unbiased as well so we'll start it off um from the top the uh, anaheim ducks exposed Henrik mance kasha again he was on the ducks prior to 2019 miller jones and sprong so uh we all have uh our spreadsheets of those players available ian or andy who would you guys have taken I think the obvious answer here would be to just roll with Kasha because, I mean, only having one more year of Sprung and, I mean, we've seen how he's really developed. Um, I'm not fully sold on Manson uh, at that cap hit, especially if you like throw him in, I mean, seeing as how he's started to, like, play this year. And, I mean, Jones could be decent, but at the same time, I don't know, I feel like Kasha is, like, the most surefire one to go with. I would probably have to agree with Andy, leaning towards Kasha as one pick. He's young, you know, young player. His cap isn't too big at all. Uh, Ryan Miller is a good op. Good, Ryan Miller is a good option if you like need a rental and goalie, and he's not too expensive. Whereas a guy like Adam Henrique for just one year, and he's got it's it'll cost you four million dollars. Is a little hefty. Where someone like Kasha, you could maybe get a few good couple years out of and maybe develop him further into his late 20s. So I would say Andy and I are on the same page with that. So I think you made a good decision on that part. Yep, I ended up taking Kasha as well. Um, Moving along, 
the Yotes, they exposed Goligoski, Demers, Grabner, Panic, Anastroza, and Kemper were really the only other big names. Panic was would have had to be re-signed at the end of the year. Who would you guys have taken in this situation? I don't know if it would make much sense for me to say I would take uh, Panic, considering in real life my team did just that, and he hasn't exactly gotten the most ice time uh, in the world. But for his, I mean, for his price, he wouldn't he wouldn't be a bad pickup. Demers uh, is a little pricey. Once you're looking for someone, if not too old and not too young on your back end, unlike a guy like Goligoski who has a cap of like five and a half, and he's well past his prime days. So I can totally see why you would uh, lean towards Demers on that. But if I couldn't go with him, I would probably I would probably go with Ponick too as a good rental. I think I'm going to go ahead and roll the dice with uh, the Michael Grabner experience, mainly off the fact that, follow me on this, he's either going to be really horrible or really good. And if you're C- if you're Seattle, you're right below the uh, Vancouver Gamblers, you got to gamble yourself. All right. Well, I ended up taking Demers, and currently he's my second pair right defenseman. So at 31... Not a bad age. Again, not on the right side of 30, but only have two more years left on his deal there. Ended up keeping him. Um, moving on to the Bs. Quite a few names there. I Again, I just picked out some of the important ones. You had JFK, Carlo, Grizzlick, Corrali, Wagner, Moore, and Nordstrom were the only ones of really real note to be able to take. So who would you guys take here? I don't know. I'm kind of a big uh, Sean Corrali fan here. <laughs> I don't. I'm not saying. I'm not saying your pick was bad, but if I were in your position, for some reason, I tend. There's something I tend to like about Crowley a bit more. So, but maybe that's just me. Um, I think I would roll with. Honestly, at this point, I would think that like Boston's defense would be something that I would be looking for, like their defenseman, either Carlo or. Uh, I feel like I'd roll with Carlo though. Out of the two of them, I mean, I was like, I mean. Also, I did not realize that Johnny Moore signed for that long. Like, sheesh. But, yeah, I think I would roll with Brandon Carlo. One thing I forgot to mention uh, about Crowley is how him and JFK are rather cheap centers. And sort of looking at this list, most of the centers seem to be either relatively high. They seem to be relatively high-priced, at least for what we've discussed through so far. But, again, his value seems to be uh, very beneficial. So I ended up taking JFK. I was thinking of right off the line with um, Andy, with Carlo. But based on all of my other picks, I had quite a few defensemen. And I figured roll the dice on the BU guy. See if I can get a little something out of the center. Um, again, first back Carlson's quite a he was quite a college hockey player and figured why not take a shot on him, uh, help him develop. He was an RFA at the end of the year, so tendered him. And currently he's chilling down in uh, Danbury. Then we move on to the Sabres, where it's that one's pretty interesting. Um, you have Bakposo, uh, Saboka, Bogosian, Scandella, and Shiri that were exposed. I'm going to say back to your point on JFK. Uh, that is true. It's very smart to uh, draft on upside, to pick on upside through college hockey players. It'll pain, it'll pain me to say this, but yeah, 
big BU, that's a great place to look into. Yeah, I would say with regards to with regards to Buffalo, if you gotta pick someone out of that that mess there, I would totally lean towards Connor Sherry then. Even if some even if some in the past have claimed that he is uh not a product of Sidney Crosby and becoming a better player in his own ways and deserves tons of respect. Uh, for his uh, first cap hit in a couple of years, he is a pretty dis- decent player, especially considering their defense is, uh, right here isn't exactly all that strong. And then a couple of their other wingers have high cap hits and are, well, they're like both in their, Oposo and Saboka are both in their 30s. So yeah, sure he's, I would say sure is the way to go here. I think I'm actually going to go a little bit um, in a different direction. As much as, like, I feel like Sherry would be the safer of the picks, because at least you know, like, you're going to get some production out of him, even though if he's not going to be, like, highly productive as he he is when he's on the Penguins or playing the Penguins. Um, I think I would go with Zach Bogosian, mainly off the fact that, again, like, I'm thinking of development at this point you might want to be able to like have a good defenseman to be able to mentor the youth, so to speak. And I feel like the Goshen is basically in that position. Plus I feel like just getting him out of Buffalo would help him out tremendously. Well, wasn't he, I guess, wasn't he pretty good in Atlanta and Winnipeg? I thought so a little bit. He was never like the standout kind of player, but he was never exactly garbage per se. Yeah, I mean, he had, like, good production and stuff. And, uh, I mean, he was, like, a good uh, stay-at-home defenseman, so to speak, with uh, Winnipeg for a couple of years. But then, I think, he was in the trade. Yeah, he was definitely in that trade for um, – was he in that Evander Kane trade? That I don't know. Let me check that real quick. I feel like he was – My memory is blanking. Yeah, he was. It was him and Kane for uh, Drew Stafford, Brendan Lemieux, Tyler Myers, and the – First round pick, huh? Interesting. Yeah. But yeah. That, so yeah, that's why. Like, I mean, I remember him being like really solid in the past. So that's why, just seeing a lot of players that go to Buffalo. Really, there are a lot of them in, on this Buffalo lineup that, like, you could easily say, you know what, I would take a chance on them. And who knows, they could really produce. I mean, look at Laner when he left them. This is sort of like that's why even Sherry, you could probably. That, I mean, that's honestly a good pick off the fact that you see production outside of Buffalo. Who knows if he can do that again? Yep, so I ended up going with the, again, the hockey product. Tick Connor Sheary, UMass Amherst representing before they got good. And, yeah, uh, heading on to the next team, we have the Flames. And only three guys really to note between Giordano, Hamannick, and um, Smith. Um so two defensemen and a goaltender. This was kind of tough, especially with cap hits, and I didn't want to have to pick Smith to kind of lose him in um, free agency. But who would you guys take? Well, Andy makes a uh, very good point on selecting uh, Zach Bogosian, but given the, although given the fact we've kind of already gone with uh, Demers and. Obviously, now obviously we've only picked two defensemen and not six, but it's sort of, but just from the standpoint of balancing things out, the only way I could see that deal working per se in Andy's favor is if you uh, select Mike Smith and sort of go through that cap hit, 
without acknowledging all the other goalies that are on the they're basic they're on the market. And so that's kind of why I can totally see why Dan went with uh, Travis Hamannick here. You know, Mark Jer- Mark is a little old and a bit of a high uh, cap hit. He'll I expect him to retire a flame, and I would be surprised if he did not. So. Honestly, I, this would be an area looking at like they only have three players available. I would try and finesse a trade. Like, I would honestly use this as an opportunity to try and make a deal because, I mean, yeah, you can go ahead and draft one of these. I don't know how I feel about like the fact that there are only two defensemen and a goalie. I mean, yeah, between that would obviously. Be like- Again, they had other guys that were just AHL caliber players, but right. No, I understand that. It's like it's something though that they have like not that many available, so to speak. So honestly, I would do something where I would just I would see if I can finesse out of them a trade to get Sam Bennett. See if I can somehow get him because he hasn't produced for them. He was a top draft pick for them. I feel like he's a change of scenery would do him great. And for Calgary to get something of value for him, that would do them great too. I'd go for it because I mean, we as we saw with Vegas's expansion, trades were made of plenty. So this is where a trade would be made. All right, that's actually a very very good point. Didn't even think about that. Uh, didn't really give me the option to because one, it's a video game, and all of this is again fake. But yeah. if you're playing the Seattle GM, who knows? And looking retroactively, it could have been a solid pick. Um, heading on to the Canes, this is where we really got some interesting stuff. You have Dehan, Fleury, TVR, uh, Pesci was available, which kind of shocked me. Um, Lexi Sorella was also available, and Mrazic. So some quality names on there, but again, really all defensemen. I'm gonna make the uh, I'm gonna make the interesting uh, gamble per say. I am going to take a goalie in this case. Granted, I might not be fully aware of the rest of the goalie market looks like, but I don't know. Give me a low cap hit, uh, a guy who in this simulation is coming off a uh, pretty good, relatively good playoff run, and yeah, this this might sound unpopular, but I would uh, I'd put some faith in uh, Peter Mrazek on this one. You're gonna draft a goalie from the Carolina Hurricanes. It's not gonna be David Ayers. Oh no! How could I? Damn. But he, he, but he's strictly Kane's. He's strictly Kane's property. You know, he he would he wasn't available. It's tough stuff. Yeah, you got a point there. You got a point there. Yeah, this is definitely this one is where it gets a little bit tricky because of the fact that I would just take um, Alexi Sarla, go with the uh, upside, and obviously we've seen him do well in the AHL. Who knows if you can translate that to the NHL? I mean, so far we haven't seen it yet, but honestly, he's still young. Could easily pull out something of like a middle six center. That is true. Again, there's a lot of defensemen that are available. So, Andy, it's not, not a bad pick considering the situation that we still have plenty of other teams to go through that have lots of other quality defensemen. Um, I ended up taking Hayden Fleury simply on the fact that I'm taking low-risk, high-reward. He was an RFA heading into the season, figured qualify him, and if I'm Seattle, why would you not try and take a guy who, has benefit, who hasn't benefited from being down there blocked by quite a few other defensemen? And Carolina's defense has been solid. Not phenomenal, but 
they have quality guys, and Fleury just couldn't break through. Bigger change of scenery could probably boost up um, his confidence and get him some playing time to be able to develop properly. Heading over to the Hawks, uh, only four guys really of note. Really, really kind of three. It was uh, Gustafson, Ward, Hayden, and Forsling. You guys debate that one. <laughs> mm. I'm probably going to be super unoriginal and agree with your uh, Gustafson pick on D. Just a little uh, cheap uh, player in that regard who will be who can quietly provide some success to the team. He won't make the biggest plays, but can certainly make the most important ones. Yeah, pretty much Gustafson was the only one that I could really come with because I couldn't really rationalize either Ward or Frosling since they were going to be free agents anyways. And give a choice between Gustafson and Hayden, I got to go with Gustafson. Yeah, uh, it made the most sense for me at that point. Uh, he's currently on my top pair, so it wasn't a bad pick. Um, either it figured get a year out of him, especially at 1.2, right around his prime at age 27. So, again, if you're Seattle, taking a guy like that wouldn't be a bad option. And, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, the Avs had quite a few guys who were available, and it was mostly drafting a little bit on hindsight. It was Varlamov was available. Again, he was heading into his FA year, so you'd have to feel confident signing him. Broussard, same deal. Soderberg, Ian Cole, Andrew Ghetto, Nieto, and Zadarov. Discuss. Give me me brass on this one for being the elder statesman in the center position. Wow. Still having uh, enough of... uh, enough of play and and strength in his legs left in him before he gets too old. Yeah, I would pretty much have to roll with, um, I feel like Soda, Soda would be my shot because, I mean, as much as I want to get Ian Cole, I just feel like his best days are starting to get behind him. And Nieto, it, I wouldn't have thought of at the time to grab him, but he, like, I, I think that I'd want to get Soderberg just down, like strength down the pipeline, basically. For Sardown, I feel like he's basically, like, yeah, he's really sort of on the uh, outs at this point. Yeah, so I ended up taking Nieto. Figured low risk, high reward. Why not go for it? Moving on to the Jackets. Now, they had three guys who were heading into free agency in Duchesne, Kincaid, and Corpusolo. Oh, and Zingel as well. But uh, Savard and Nudavaro were the other two. And it's pretty much, again, it's... All mostly defensemen, unless he really had a chance of signing Duchesne coming off of that year. I guess really discussed. Give me uh, Jonas Corposalo here, based on his upside from what I have seen in his recent play and at a low hit. And basically for the chance for him to uh, excel in the spotlight, or perhaps for at least my team have a good uh, goalie tandem bow between himself and Morazic. I feel like I'd run with Nudavara. It's, I mean, it's not the fact that like, yeah, a good goalie would be solid, but at the same time, I don't know if I want to run with Corpusalo or Kincaid considering some other choices there down the road. I feel like I'd rather just take a, a sure thing in defense and Nudavara. And honestly, his contract could really play out handsome, like in, um, 
could really help out like later down the road when contracts become tight. So yeah, I feel like he'd be a solid choice. All right, moving on to the star. Well, I actually I picked Nudavara. Figured why not take another defenseman who, again, is an NHL caliber D-man. Still got a couple of years left at a pretty team-friendly deal. Doesn't really handicap you, especially heading into a free agency where you're going to have the guys like Duchesne available, um, Aaron, Anders Lee, um, etc. So the stars expose Como, Dickinson, Steven Johns, Cogliano, Honka, and Anton Kadobin. Where Honka was going to be a free agent, I believe he was an RFA, and Dickinson was also an RFA. So, I may be biased here, but I'm gonna think I'll I'll roll with the experience here and uh, go with uh, Andrew Cagliano in this part. Gets get some experience in that forward group, and uh, and have a, a great locker room presence. That's yeah. why I'm sort of torn, like. On the one hand, yeah, I definitely feel like Cogliano would be great for lifting morale in the locker room and everything and would really help out the young kids and all. But at the same time, I don't know, I feel like this would be the move to go for um, to go for youth, and that's where I'd want to get someone like um, – I mean, that's basically a situation like this is where I'd want to get a uh, Honka in the idea that, like, I feel like you could build around him for the near future. Yeah, I was thinking that as well. Uh, I was kind of torn. I I do like Cogliano, but it would pay me to pick a Michigan player. Uh, that was a little, again, a little bit biased there. Not shocking. Fair, fair enough. One, one, both ways. Both ways. Yeah. Um, no, but I was definitely thinking about taking him, and it pained me to not take Stephen Johns because you got to help another Irish player out. I ended up taking Dickinson, and this was one of my last picks. Uh, I did this one retroactively because I figured try to get a young center. Heading into an RFA year, tender him, see what kind of happens. At 24 years old, give it a shot. Who knows? What else can you do? If I picked Tonka, you would have had a surplus of defense. So eventually I had to bite the bullet somewhere. Uh, moving on to the Red Wings, and that shit show. The only four were Bernier, DeKaiser, Cronwall, and Helm. And talk about walking corpses. Watching The Walking Dead, it might as well just be the friggin' Red Wings. Uh, you guys discuss. Well, uh, I'm going to have to go with my uh, boy Darren Helm here. He'll, he'll uh, provide some excellent physicality, uh, underrated work on the penalty kill, and would fit well. He would probably not be super appreciative of, of a third-line role, but that's what his career has been basically this entire time, and I believe he would thrive in a uh, refresh of scenery in a new environment. Yeah, this is just garbage, so I'm going to make them make a trade. Um, <laughs> for the fact that, like, all right, these are the Red Wings we're talking about. They're in full rebuild. They need to make a trade here. Like, if they let one of these players go, yeah, they're going to get nothing for – they're going to get a bad contract off the books, but they're still going to, like, get nothing in return. At least I would, like, want to work a trade where I can get someone like Advocator where I might have to give up something – to get him, but I would do that just off the fact that at least you're getting more production than Helm. So I ended up taking Bernier. Uh, figured it was the best shot. Uh, get that goalie out of there because he actually could be pretty decent. And figured, why not? The Oilers had quite a few guys exposed. Uh, nothing really of note. 
had Adam Larson, Sakara, Gagne, Gagner. <laughs> Should have said Gagner. <laughs> the hell of it. Benning, uh, Brandon Manning, Brodziak, Caleb Jones, and uh, Ty Ratty. So, you guys discuss. I'm going to lean towards Ty Ratty here because uh, I'm getting myself a, I'm in some dire need of a right winger and uh, not at a, at a very low price, too. Whereas it seems like the rest of the guys on this exposed list seem a little bit up in age. So, give me the uh, unheard of dash uh, un- overlooked man and uh, Ratty on right wing. Yeah, I think I'm actually going to roll with uh, Ratty also. I mean, I was debating if I want to get Larson and a couple years down the road flip him for Hall, but that's too far down the road. So, in the meantime, let's just roll with Ratty. Stall for that. I ended up taking Caleb Jones, figure try and get a guy that might be able to develop on the blue line. Cheap contract. You never know what you're going to get. Uh, moving on to the Panthers. They had well, only three major guys, and I can never pronounce his name right. Is it Sevier? Maybe. Sevier? Yeah, Colton Sevier. It's Sevier, right? Um, yeah, I think so. Caution and Mark, and I can't pronounce this one. Is it? It's Pissick, right? I think so. Pisick? Pissick? I, I think it's Pissick, but... Whatever it is. Polish and Austrian and Czechoslovakian names with the Ys and the Ss and the Zs and the Ds and all that stuff, as if I don't know about it, right, guys? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, in this case, I think I would roll with uh, Colton Sevier, just on the fact that I feel like I know I'm getting out of him, so he would be decent. At the worst, he'd be a bottom fixer, but they, that's basically what we're doing now, so might as well. I have to agree with Dan's input in uh, grabbing McCaution on that back end at a low, at a low price and uh, create some uh, stability once you uh, resign him, hopefully for not too high of a price, but he can provide just those indeed. Yeah, I ended up picking McCaution, as Ian just mentioned. I figured it was a good RFA. Uh, Tandrum got him on a bridge deal, and you figure, why not? It's a low-risk, high-reward. Uh, for that kind of guy, especially if you're a rebuilding team. And in your first year, you're really trying to figure out who you're going to keep and um, who's going to be around. And that kind of leads me to my next one, which is really a what the hell. The Kings only had two guys that were even remotely worth picking in Ledoux and Forbort, both defensemen. You guys, it's, that one's on you. Here's where I'm working another trade. Um, this time, once again, team has no way to, like, get out of their bad contracts. I'll take on a bad contract in addition to taking on Cal Pearson. ND Legend, he's going to be my goaltender of the future. So I'm definitely grabbing him, and I'm going to go ahead and take – they, they can throw, like, whatever garbage contract they want to. I, I'll take it if it's uh, – I mean, if, that, if at that point they're tired of – uh, Jeff Carter or Dustin Brown, go ahead and I'll I'll take it and just bury him. But still, give me Cal Pearson. I might go uh, copycat on you with that. Uh, go after Forboat and uh, probably work in a trade there too if we uh, or if we don't see too much value in, in uh, selecting him. But I would keep him on my roster for now. Right. Yeah, I ended up taking Forber, as, again, Ian mentioned. I didn't have, really have the opportunity to trade, but you know damn well I would have traded for the best American goaltender in California. Damn right. Um, moving on to the Preds. They had Ekholm, Hamby, 
was it Hindus? I can't pronounce names for the life of me. Uh, Yarn Croak and uh, Juicy Sorrows that were available. All guys that are going to be under contract for the next year as well. Good to know. Give me, uh, give me Dan Hamuse on that back end, back end there. I know he's, I know he's getting older, the staying age, but boy, he's been the fan of the guy. Always makes, uh, always makes sort of the uh, a lot of the unre- unnoticed plays and can really get the job, job for you done back there. Yeah, one year at 1.25 also, not a bad deal. And- exactly. Yeah, for that same reason, I think I got to roll with uh, Hammy. He's, he's someone that I think you want to have if you're like trying to, especially if you're not sure where he's going to fit in the future, he's great for the now. And that's what I was thinking as well. Is between him, um, I was thinking about Young Crook, but I didn't like that uh, two years left at 4.1. Wanted to save some money, especially with guys coming into free agency. Um, as 2019, like we talked about, and I ended up taking Soros because I figured try and get a young goalie, uh, see what can also happen with the rest of those goalies. And if I got to trade one, I could trade one. Having an extra trade piece wouldn't be bad. Moving on to the Devils, they had uh, Mueller, Carrick, Schneider, Lack, and Quenville exposed. Uh, the only guy who was under contract for the next year was Schneider at three years with six million left. Uh, per, and the rest of them were just, yeah. I'm going to have to roll with a uh, Quinville selection here as I need to bolster my forward lines a bit more <laughs> since I've stacked stacked up on defense quite a bit, but Quinville can add some good development and stability once you resign him to however much you intend to once his contract is up. I think I'm actually going to roll with... Um, former Hershey legend Connor Carrick. Yeah, I go with my guy. Just off the fact that he's still mad young and might as well run with him. I like those thoughts. <laughs> Can never go uh, wrong with them. I had accidentally skipped. Uh, Ian, thanks for the call out on that. <laughs> um, Minnesota. They only had two guys really that were kind of worthwhile and uh, Victor Rask and uh, Jared Spurgeon. So, who would you guys? take in that situation. Give me Victor Rask on that one. Can provide quality third, fourth line center minutes for you. Yeah, got a roll with uh, Rask also. He and Darren Helm could uh, always uh, do some switcheroos on their positions if needed. So I think they would make a good line together if they got along. Yeah, and that's where I kind of, I guess, didn't make a bad choice, just didn't make a good one. I ended up taking Spurs and figured just get one more year at 5.1. And be done with it rather than have three more at four. But then the three more at four wouldn't have been a bad option. Could have traded him as well. But again, uh, moving on to the Habs, they had four guys that were exposed. Two were turning into um, free agents, and Xavier Olay and Paul Byron, uh, Shaw and Lindgren were the other two that were exposed, um, both under contract. Who would you guys take here? I'm gonna have to roll with. Uh... Paul Byron on this one. This is going to sound super cliche, but he can easily provide some solid fourth line minutes at the at that low of a cap hit for you. So he will, he would be an underappreciated guy on the ice. As controversial as it sounds, I think I might have to go with Shaw just off the fact that I would take him just to get that uh, cup experience. I think I yeah, I would want to get someone that's one and all that has the experience and. He may be like, I mean, honestly, I, I think he would be someone that 
could be worth it down the road. I'm kind of surprised you didn't mention the fact how if you wanted to uh, get a uh, Northwest Coast rivalry with Vancouver star that you would put in a guy like Shaw used to uh, play in Chicago to uh, spice things up a bit. So interesting, interesting move. That would be beautiful. I ended up taking the St. Cloud State legend and Charlie Lindgren. Um, again, young goalies, you can never go wrong with a young goalie. If you get one that develops into a stud, then you could kind of build around that. If you have a good goalie, you're probably going to make it far. We had already discussed the present Devils because my dumbass uh, skipped the other two teams. The Isles, they had uh, Laner, Lee, and... Yeah, Laner Lee and yeah, those two heading into UFAs. Um, Brock Nelson was going into UFA, but he was already signed at six by six heading into the year. So he was, if I were to draft him, I would be taking on the six by six. Uh, Boychuk at um, three years for six years or six million per year left on his deal, and Devin Tays was a year left at point seven. Roll me with uh, Brock Nelson here. So. Good second or first line winger. You can, can put up num- quite a few numbers. I think I'm going to go with Taves just off of age and the fact that he's already done solid with the uh, Islanders in his young age. So I feel like that would be the move to to go with. So I kind of just did the Rangers on my own. Um, I just took Jesper Fast. Why? Because why not take Quickie? Other than that, it was only uh, – D'Angelo available, and I'm a firm believer that he's going to be a bust. It's a one-year wonder for him. And again, just me making my own hot takes out here. If you listen to the old podcast from back in 2017, I was saying the exact same thing. It has nothing to do with any other off-the-ice things that he has or where he where he likes to put his uh, words into use. doesn't matter to me. I just don't think that he's a great hockey player. Unless you guys have anything else. Uh, Mark Stahl was not available, Andy, so you could not do Stahl for Yak. Unfortunately. Although, Neil Yakpot was a free agent in this situation, so it's not like I wasn't going to sign him anyways. My first free agency signing. But um, honestly, I would probably go with Fast also. Throw him on the wing. He's proven himself. And yeah, unless the Rangers would be willing to make a trade, but I feel like yeah, they probably wouldn't pull off a trade at this point. They would have already had only like two goalies done to work with anyways. So I'm going to have to get appreciative notes from Matt here and uh, roll with, roll with D'Angelo, make it as one of my rather hot picks. But I always think, I always know he has, you know, have some potential to uh, turn out into uh great form might not be the best skater in the world, but, but he can, if he always works on his physical play very well, he can, uh, you can sort of be a rather surprisingly surprising pick that turns out well, per se. Again, I still think Foss was a better pick. Uh, Matt doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. He's not here to defend himself, so fuck him. Uh, the Sens now. We have Magnus Payarvi and Marion Gabrick. Payarvi was going to be a free agent, and Gabrick would have had two years left at 4.8. Um, me personally, I picked Gabrick because I figured try and bury him in the AHL. Plus, I liked him as a player. Um, Solid goal scorer, so you guys? Honestly, I would take either Gabrick or Callahan's contract on just to help the uh, Sens get off the books and basically just, yeah, get the, like, see if I can get a pick out of it that I would wind up trading. But yeah, I would wind up making this a trade and take one of their bad contracts because it's not like they're going to give anything up anyway, so. I would have to, uh, I'm going to go copycat on 
Andy's role here. Probably love with somewhat a uh, cheap price of uh, Piari, who might not see the ice a whole ton, but they can always switch around in different positions if need be. But that would have to be my pick there. Now on ends, they had quite a few guys who were available, um, and Zach Aston Reese, uh, Johnson, Russ Gunbrinson, and Tristan Jerry. Jerry was going to be a free agent at the end of the year as was Aston Reese, both RFAs. The other guys all have at least two years left on their deals. I think I'm going to go ahead for this uh, situation, run with the uh, Notre Dame legend, uh, Brian Rust. Obviously, we've seen him dominate in the uh, playoffs before, and you know your gang and him take the uh, Irish great. I'm going to copy you once again, Andy, and uh, go off with some uh, excellent depth guy per se, uh, someone who's been at the big stage a couple of times. Yep, not much else to say on that. I would roll with him as well. I ended up taking the legend, the one and only Zach Aston Reese. Gotta go with the college hockey product. Gotta go with Northeastern Husky. Figured take the guy as an RFA, try to resign him, see what can happen out of it. Why not? Going to the Flyers, they had Niskanen, Morin, Gron, and Talbot available. Talbot was heading into going to be a free agent in a few days after the draft. Gron would have had a year left, and Morin and Niskanen both would have had two left. I think I'm going to go with Morin. I mean, it's I agree with you, and then taking Morin just off the fact that uh, I can't really justify like Niskanen and Braun on a defense that I already have. Like, I feel like Morin might as well go for the youth pick here. So, yeah, I would take him. I was leaning towards Cam Talbot, but having seen how he's done in various different places after, uh, you know, after sort of riding off the coattails of Hanuk Lundqvist all these years, I don't know if I could really, I don't know if bringing him in as my third string would exactly be very beneficial. So, yeah, I would lead toward, I would lead towards Morin in this regard, put some... Uh, Add some more deep back there. Yeah, it's almost like people on Twitter were overreacting when uh, Talbot was doing great on that short stretch. Wild. Wild indeed. So I ended up taking Morin. uh have him currently stashed in the A just to try and get a little bit better. Um, next up, the San Jose Sharks. And Brent Burns is available. I think you're stupid to not take him. Well, get ready for this. Scorcher of a hot take. No, I want to get, yeah. I want to get the man, the myth, the Jumbo Joe, a cup. So I'm taking him. I'm sure as hell going to put up a better chance of getting a cup than he is if he's going to be in uh, stuck in San Jose. Okay, I was about to say, do you really think that you're about to get a cup in year one? Do you think you're Vegas or something? Am I not pulling off trades like Vegas did? Yeah. Have you seen my goaltender of Cal Pearson? Even higher take, uh, neither. Get some right wingers on the squad. We'll go with the rather uh, underappreciated uh, Gustav Nyquist. I was debating about taking Nyquist, but being that I would have had to re-sign him at the end of the year, I didn't have, didn't trust it too too much, and figured Burns is going to be a staple. Uh, moving on to the Blues now, uh, they had Perrin, uh, Dunn, Bozak, Steen, and Allen all available. All guys who were under contract for next year, so you didn't have to worry about having to re-sign him a few days later. Um, you guys? I'm going to take the uh, workhorse and vastly underappreciated Steen. I think just rolling with his uh, experience, you basically get to go. I would take Perron, but 
I seeing as how his career has gone, he'd be back with the Blues within like a year or two. So it's not worth going after him. Give me, uh, give me Jake Allen here. Add to my goalie tandem. He's got that experience of uh, fitting in well with the team and uh, whatever, whatever, no matter what his responsibilities are. So he'd be a great character for the room. Well, I ended up taking Bozak. Wanted some more stability down the center. Didn't really pick many centers at this point. Uh, had to rearrange. Currently, he's by one center. And uh, one thing that I should have noted, I ended up hitting the lotto and had the second overall pick. And for some reason, another guy was ranked higher than Hughes and Kako. I ended up taking Hughes, so he's my second line center. So put, putting that into perspective as well. Moving on to the Lightning. They had quite a few guys. Uh, McDonough, Gord, and Strawman were all free agents, all had to be re-signed, so I didn't feel comfortable with them. But Palak, Lorne, and Sorelli all were under contract for the next year. So, you guys, thoughts? I'm going to have to go with uh, Sorelli here. The, he, would quiet, he would quietly put up some numbers. Okay, I'm going to go with one of the triplets. I'm taking Palak. He tortured me enough in 2015, so I'll take him now. I was thinking about Pilat. I did kind of like Kalorn uh, as well, but I didn't like that cap hit. And as much as I wanted Mac and Strawman, I didn't want to have to try and re-sign, pick them to just re-sign them. So I ended up taking Sorelli, small cap hit, 730K for one year. Why not? Uh, two-way deal as well. So uh, moving on to the Leafs, they had, again, quite a few names available. Uh, Muzzin, Kapanen, Zaitsev. Uh, Dermot, I guess Hyman, Angval, and Timoshov were all exposed. And uh, you guys' thoughts? Give me Kasperi Kapanen. Yeah, Kapanen's a slam dunk. Yep, I thought that one was a slam dunk as well. That was <laughs> then shut case right there. Yeah, I mean, I had to list the rest of the names. Didn't know if you guys were going to be idiots and take somebody else other than Brent Burns, but you know, can, can never, never underestimate Andy's hot takes. Uh, moving on to the Canucks, uh, Markstrom, Pearson, and Beagle were the only real guys available here. We have know? another. We have another slam dunk here. Shocker, Jay Beagle as my center, the best player in the NHL. Yeah. Well, I'm not gonna go that far. I'm just gonna say Hershey legend, um, Jay Beagle. Yeah, I'm definitely grabbing him. You do not disrespect average Caps fan and Travis's uh, takes here. Jay Beagle is really the best player in the NHL, baby. Let's get it. ECHL champion, AHL champion, and NHL champion. Cali yeah. Cup, Calder Cup, Stanley Cup. No one else has done it. Yeah, has uh, McDavid done that? Don't think nope. so. Crosby? Nope. Ovi? Nope. Frauds. Yeah. He's not a winner. He doesn't know how to win. Um, doesn't Markstrom. For some reason, I like his game. Um, I like him as a goaltender, so uh, getting him out of Vancouver keeps him away from the gambling. So, Very true. You know, Very true. Right? So, yeah, that's who I ended up taking. Moving on to the caps. Hagley, Brutus, Connolly, Deegan Thaler, again, just putting all the young names down. Uh, Juice Burakovsky were all available. Uh, I'd put money on it, but... I'm going uh, to go with, I'm gonna have to go with our boy Hags here. Really? Yeah. People would critique this decision saying he hasn't done much with the Caps, but no, I'm still a fan. I'm still a fan of him. Like, he's always got that ability to just go off <laughs> in him. 
guys will have quality minutes and can sort of he's not going to put up your numbers like a second line guy but play someone like third or third line it would be very dangerous there yeah got a point there um honestly i'm going to run with uh siegenthaler just off the fact that he's still very young swiss great uh defensive defenseman from what i've seen i mean he has that potential at least to be like a great two-way defenseman but he just hasn't really gotten like a clear shot at it from what i've seen from him in uh playing here in chocolate town so we'll see how he does in the pros but for now i feel like i would want to have him to build like at least he has the pieces in front of him to help him groom his game so i definitely want to have him to build with yep. i ended up taking Haglin. Have a little, a little bit of a history with him. I mean, another Michigan guy, but it happens. He at least played for your profession, our professional teams. So. Yeah, um, but he was already signed at 2.75 AAV over four years. Um, so getting him, I ended up flipping him. Actually, forgot who I traded to. But uh, I ended up getting some picks out of it. And finally, we hit the final team in the Winnipeg Jets. Vegas did not have anybody exposed. I, I don't know if they were just exempt to it. Uh, I have to find out what that rule is. I think yeah, that is, they that are. the rule. They're only going to be 30 teams, so they got out of it. Because they don't get, like, any revenue from it. That's the thing. Like, everyone else is going to get revenue from this, except for them. How? Because they're uh, an expansion within, I think, like, I'm trying to think what the rule was. I think it was, like, within five years. Then you don't. If you're an expansion that just opened up within five years, then you can't participate in the expansion draft, and you can't get like revenue from the expansion draft. Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, good to know. So they had, or going back to Winnipeg, they had Myers, Terrell, Lowry, Kulikov, Top, and Bersois available. Uh, Myers needed to be re-signed at the end of the year, as did Top and Bersois. Gonna have to go with uh, Kulikov here. Uh, add someone else on the back end. As much as I want to take another former Hershey grade in um, Burrow, I really think I'm gonna go with Myers and just have the Bogosian Myers combo, just for the hysterics of like five years after they were traded for each other. I like your thinking. <laughs> but yeah, that would be a solid do. I feel like. Already big time. Yeah, uh, we couldn't really go wrong with uh, any of our picks. I ended up taking Lowry. I didn't really do too hot with the uh, centers. Uh, I kind of neglected them. I went very, very heavy on defense at first. Didn't realize it until I had 13 defensemen picked, so I had to move things around. But, yeah, other than that, that pretty much concludes um, our little thing here. Uh, just for those who don't care, I'm going to say it anyway. Ended up signing Panarin and Andrews Lee in the offseason. Offloaded a couple of guys, offloaded floorboard. Um, same with Haglin, as I had mentioned, um, and a few others as well. Other than that, that's that pretty much does our little mock draft prior to 2019. Uh, Ian, how, uh, how's your squad looking? I've uh, well, I've got six lines, uh, six full lines of forwards, uh, nine defensemen, and three goalies. So might might be pretty loaded on the. Uh, front end of things but just gotta see how a lot of these plays out i feel i, I think i got i think our roster's got a lot of talent that'll go underappreciated andy honestly this team i feel like i have pretty balanced through and through um you know i have definitely a, a lot of defensemen five full lines of uh forwards so 
And I feel like they all are basically either middle six or depth players. I mean, a couple that I feel like I could definitely put at the top line, like Kapanen, Rust, even uh, Paul Adenstein, but and even like Bennett has potential. And there's, yeah, definitely a lot of balance between veterans, um, solid players now, and players that have strong upsides. So, yeah. All right. Again, that pretty much concludes it. So, Ian, uh, yeah. I think we have a, a little life lesson to hear. Yeah, we uh, cannot we cannot forget that. We got pretty engrossed into our team uh, selections, and now leads us to the normal. Uh, Andy, what is on the repertoire for this week? Folks, if I tell you anything, it's this. If you're presented the opportunity to go onto your school's football field, crack open a beer, sprint from the 50 to the, uh, into the end zone while chugging said beer, go for it. Just let it out. Those are some of the wisest words I've heard. Yep. Incredible. Yeah. It's a good thing campus police was not there. Not that they would have known anyway, right? Nah. Yeah, they wouldn't have even taken a look. Well, lads and simps, I think that wraps it up for this week's episode. Uh, if you uh, listen to all of our picks, whether you thought they were good or absolutely atrocious, we highly we highly appreciate your we highly well, appreciate enough. your cooperation. Before uh, you finish up, uh, we're going to be reactivating our Twitter account to try and get a little more interaction. Again, we're going to start small. We know it's going to be a little bit small. Feel free to roast us. That's what Andy's here for. Um, so get your thoughts in. Go for it. Let us know what you think and. You're good to go. Stay safe, everyone, and uh, we will see you next week. Have a great day. See you.